0: Never take a lifeless puppet and out in front of people, okay? You would never do such a thing, okay? All right. So, hi. All right. So, if I put my hand in here, though, I can have a lot of fun with this, can I? She's so looking around and touching, you know, and looks around and says... What you reading? Huh? Okay, I don't want. To. <laughs> Sorry, i don't, You know, and you look and you're like, "Hi, how are you doing?" I've never seen you guys before, right? You know, and so, you know, and you can have a lot of fun and and uh. Except for I hear this guy right here, and I, you know, I'm not a ventriloquist, so um. <laughs> he he told me earlier that uh he saw you this morning, so he's glad to see you. Okay, so you know you can have a lot of fun. You can do the you know the motion. Whoa, wait a second. You got one finger. That's well, that's. Well, okay, my, my, my pinky doesn't like to wave, but okay. So you can really have a lot of fun with this. In fact, I, I really enjoy have, using puppets. And I've done it with uh, Zach before, years ago, and, and uh, Drew and things like that. And so as we think about this, though, when it's just laying here, it's like dead, right? But as I put my hand in it and as I start playing with it, and using its rod, and it's really, is it bugging you that your your pinky's not working? It's bugging me, okay? <laughs> All right, so, you see that? <laughs> just not supposed to go that way, but anyways. Um, but you really can have a lot of fun with it, and it comes alive, doesn't it? And it's an excellent time for ministry, and I, I honestly, as I've given uh, preaching for VBS, you know, I'd rather maybe preach a message with him, Instead of me preaching, because I, I this 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 little guy, the blondie here. What is your name, by the way? What is it? Blondie sounds. I don't know. Huh? Okay. He says he's kind of in, kind of embarrassed. Okay, so. Um, but you, they, I hold their attention, don't I? So, should I put you away? What? What? Okay. Okay. All right. He said he had a lot of fun tonight, but he said. Maybe will come out later with the kids, okay? But um, I think it's a blessing to minister to kids, and it's fun to have puppets with them. But as as you use a puppet, it comes alive, doesn't it? And why does it come alive? It comes alive because there's a puppeteer there that has his hand in there, and his creativity and all the different things help us, helps it to come alive. You see, folks, a church that is dead is one that does not have the Spirit of God coming into the hearts of the people, giving the gifts, the enabling, and the power to, to, to serve God and to, to minister to one another and become alive. Just as a, a dead body or a dead thing can be cold and, and, and stinky and degenerate and all those things, so a church can be that way. And folks, you've got to realize that. And so as we look at this passage here, we're reminded of some things. And really, I, I could have done, you know, um, truths about a dead church or something like that, how to be a dead church. But the fact is, is if you just go your own way and, and forget the Lord and, and turn from him and just start, you know, preaching from the reader's digest and things, it happens very easy. OK, there's a lot of dead churches and, and God knows those. But if you if you see here, first of all, in, in verse 1 here, there's always something going back to the revelation the, uh, in chapter 1 of the Lord Jesus, and it talks about the seven spirits of God. Now, that's the Holy Spirit isn't in seven in, in, uh, different parts, okay? But the idea is the completeness of the Spirit as He works in the churches and in His fullness, okay? The Spirit of God is the one that is is hovering around and in the seven stars there are are these these seven churches? The, they're also called the uh, the candlesticks, and, and it's written to the messenger there, uh, this letter, and and he says here the angel there, the or the messenger, possibly the pastor of this church in Sardis, and and God says here I know, he says I know this. This isn't this isn't uh, this is revealed to him. He says I know thy works. The fact is a dead church still has works, and so that changes the illustration a little bit, doesn't it? Because if that puppet is is lifeless and things, it seems like it's not alive. But the church is made up of people. And the fact is, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, you're still given a little bit of life on this earth. Do you understand? And so a dead church does not mean that it it doesn't do anything. It can be a church that is full of many activities. That has classes and committees and meets and maybe the parking lot's full, but the spirit of God is not there. So there's works going on here, and he says, he says, you have a, he says, I know your works that thou hast a name uh, that thou livest but are dead. The idea here is that they had a reputation that they were alive. No doubt the church had to be started. And that's one of the neat things of being a part of a church plant or the start of a church is to see a church develop and souls be saved and the church becoming alive. It's neat to, to be praying for the church in Wilsonville and the church also uh, out in McMinnville that started in Bend and in and various areas. And, and D- Pastor Dan and Kelly going to Utah and being part of a church plant that that church has only been there, what, three years, four years, and it's planning another church exciting. But here, this church has had a reputation as being alive. But as 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 Jesus here looks and he surveys over everything, he says, you're dead. And the idea here really is wake up. You may have had a past, but you're dead now. You may have a reputation, but you're dead. You may have had a former glory, but you're dead. As we think individually, it may be that you 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 have came to know Christ. OK, you have that walk with the Lord. But where are you at now? How is your relationship with the Lord now? Would you be characterized as as a fully devoted on fire, passionate about your God or as one that's cold, grown cold and and, and stuck on self and not wanting to do much with others and in love and serve? That's the idea here is that it's. It's really this church has a reputation and has a past, but we can't depend upon our past. We're always going forward. The the potter, the Lord, he's forming us and he's shaping us. And and truly, if if you know Christ as your Savior, I believe you will persevere. I believe that's that's part of being a Christian, is the fact that Christ lives in you and you will persevere and you will overcome. You need to repent and confess. I need to repent and confess, and there's times where I'm gonna be not as hot as I should be. But the fact is, you're going to persevere. But the fact is, if you're not, you need to you need to understand that a profession does not mean that you're necessarily saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because as Pastor said this morning, you can be saved for all the wrong reasons. Um, truly, as you think about even the story of the prodigal son, as I preached at family camp, it's really the it's really the parable of what the two sons. And it's not even really that whole parable is not totally focused on the prodigal. It's focused on who? The oldest son, because the oldest son represents the Pharisees and the scribes. And Jesus is saying there, hey, you don't even get it. The prodigal, the sinners that come and eat with me and and feast, I, I want them to be saved, to be glorified. want them to repent. I'm rejoicing in heaven. The angels rejoice in heaven when they come to repentance. And the older brother there, does he rejoice? He says, Father, look at what I've done. I've served you this whole time. I've done all these things. Where's my calf? Where's my ring? Where's my robe? He's upset. The fact is, when a church becomes religious in traditions and looks to those things, and some traditions are good, don't get me wrong. But when you're looking back and you're just doing, you're just going through the motions, there's problems. If it's not that vital personal relationship, that love for God. Folks, going through the motions. Okay, um, let me stand over here. Some of you still can't see me, but um, tonight, as I I got ready for church, often this happens. I'm studying up till the end and ready to go, and got to get things on real quick. My parents were there, and tell the kids go get dressed and help Katie with a couple things, and and so I rush outside. I get to church and I look down at my shoes. Okay actually don't look too bad, but these are not the right kind of shoes to wear with this suit, okay? <laughs> and I and I, go up to, uh, I go up to Mike, and I say, Micah, because he was standing by. He was standing so patiently. It's it good. I was talking with somebody else, and I said, Mike, what do you think of my shoes? He says, well, he says, they're okay if no one looks down. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, thank you, son, for being honest. But <laughs> And I, I asked my wife, and she says, well, it could look worse, you know. So, um, but when we go through the motions, right, in, in our in our walk with the Lord, our church and things, we're not a, we're not awake to really what God's doing. We're not awake to what God has for us because we're going through the motions, and we don't even realize that we're we're doing things that aren't even Christ like, aren't even part of that personal relationship with the Lord, yeah. and so. So, in this, this letter here, he's saying you've had a past, you had a reputation, but you're dead now. And truly, in the church idea here, it's the fact that there are unsaved, unredeemed people that are in the mist, and it's dead. It's not alive. Truly, a, a, an alive church is what? An alive church. Where's that at? An alive church. Has, has a love for one another, has a sacrificial spirit, has a desire to want to hear the word. A, a church that's on fire for God wants to sit longer and not worry about the who's going to lunch. You know what I mean? And it's okay when sometimes the preacher goes longer. Okay, right? You want to sit under the word of God. A church that is alive is one that's willing to make sacrifice. It's, it's a giving church. It's one that supports missions. It's one that's thinking about just sharing the Lord. It's one that's singing. It's made up of individuals that that want to love and praise the Lord and, and die to self. Is there a perfect church? The answer is no. Are there times where we're in the flesh? Are there times where we're not always like for sure. Someone said that, um, someone said this, if you found the perfect church, he said, you just wait till you walk through the door. Okay? It won't be perfect anymore. Okay? Um, and so the, the fact is, there isn't a perfect church, but the, the idea is is that, that, that where are we at? Are we, are we thinking the best years are behind us? Are we living in the past? Do we have a woe-is-me attitude? Are we not using the gifts that, that God's given us? Are we cold and indifferent? Is there any baby Christians around? Is there anybody discipling other people? Is there fervent prayer? Or is it just full of religion and tradition and not life transformation? Do we have a whole heart devotion to the Lord? Folks, I need this just as much as you. But we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to wake up before truly Jesus comes. Before he comes. We see this here in verse 2 and it says be watchful. This word watchful in the Greek is is Gregory. It's the idea of being watchful or being alert or, or the idea of it really is wake up. Be watchful and and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. It's so easy to go through the motions that we put put on things and doing things that really don't match what a Christian ought to be doing. And it says here there's something still alive. It says strengthen. no doubt the idea is that those that are believers in the church need to strengthen the others. And I was reminded my devotions this week of of Peter and how Peter said he said, I will I will never forsake you, Lord. I will never deny you. Jesus says, oh, just wait till tonight. OK, wait till that that rooster crows. And, and, and what happens there? But you know what the Lord Jesus says? He says, I will be with you. I will pray for you. And when you go through it, when you when you're through it, and you turn the other side. He says you will get through it. Strengthen your brothers. And the fact is, we ought to be strengthening one another. Sharper, just sharpening each other in that way, and we ought to be thankful for the fact that someone's willing to come alongside and say, "How are you doing, brother? Or, How are you doing, sister? Been praying for you. What are you learning in the Word of God? How's it going?" I'm thankful. Josh is going to start a men's a men's, uh, breakfast or a time of getting together, and, and the whole idea is sharpen one another and have deeper relationships, not just a a surface relationship. And I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I praise the Lord for. For Josh and he what God's put on his heart and praising, just praise the Lord. We need to be, we need to understand that, that Christ is also watching. He does have expectations for those who are his. It says here, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. He's not talking about perfection. He's talking about completeness. He's talking about the, the service, the works that are really with the whole heart that are pleasing to the Lord. It reminds me of Haggai. How the temple is is in ramble or or shramble, whatever you call it. It's not it's not good, but their homes, right? Their homes, they've worked on their homes, but who cares about the temple? Okay, and uh, and they talk about the walls and all the different things there and and Nehemiah. And so the the priorities are not right. But God is watching and he wants his his believers to love one another. The church ought to be so important in our lives. Jesus was willing to die for the church. You realize that, right? He gave his life for us. And just as a husband ought to love his wife, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Boy, I, I will say this. I've seen a lot of people serving the Lord with the new property. If anything, and I know it's, it's easy to get discouraged and a lot of things going on over there because there's so much, so much stress, so much pressure. But I praise the Lord for the men who, and women who are willing, serving through meals, all kinds of things to give. If anything, I think, man, these people are given, given, given. And that's love. We have to do it for the right reasons, the right way, and a love for God. But the fact is, is that what? Jesus sees it all, and it says here a little later, he says if the, in verse 3, If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on, thee as, come on thee as a thief. That word watch, again, is that Gregory word. If you don't wake up, he says, I'm going to come as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. And I don't think that's talking about the second coming, although often as a thief, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. I think the fact is Jesus is saying, if you don't if you don't get right, if you don't realize how cold and indifferent you've became, he says, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to come and I'm going to judge that church. Close the door down, whatever it mean, it might even mean the fact that false teaching comes in there. I don't I don't know exactly what all he's talking about. The, the fact is, is that Jesus is watching and he will come and they don't know when. And the fact is, is there's going to be a wake up call uh, very clearly if they don't wake up at this time. I think also it says here, verse three, it says here's some commands. Remember, therefore, how thou shalt, uh, how thou hast received and heard. He's saying, remember, remember, remember that beginning. Remember how the church was started. Remember what God did in your hearts. Okay, remember. And really, I think he's speaking uh, to the church there, but helping them to think back. He says, hold fast and repent. The idea of hold fast is simply to to heed it, to to obey and to repent. And the idea of hold faster is to keep holding fast. It's I believe it's in the present voice. And repent is an heiress. It's saying, hey, right now you need to turn and you need to get right. Wake up now. Now is the time. We say in our own minds, we think, man, I'll get right later. I'll just... I'll just put it off. You know, when we get in the new building, you know, when we get in the new building, it's going to be, well, you know, when, when, uh, I don't know when, when my job changes or, you know, when I do this or that, or it's always going to be Satan always wants to get you to believe, do it later. Tomorrow is always a good time. What did Pharaoh say? Hey, you know, get rid of the frogs tomorrow. Why not today? Right? Why not today? Wake up right now. But the fact is, if we wake up, we're going to be, and this is, funny here and I think you're wake up in white okay <laughs> I don't know how to say it we need to wake up and don't depend on your past wake up before the judge comes wake up right now but wake up and understand what Christ has done and what he's going to do the fact is one day we will stand before him and truly I'm not preaching a work salvation if you know Christ as your savior The fact is, I think you will persevere. There will be fruit, but there's times we need to repent. We need to get right with God. And it's all his righteousness that we're saved. We're clothed in his righteousness. It's a great exchange of our sin for his righteousness. But the fact is, is that this, I believe, is talking about eternity here. And it says, he says, verse four, thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, the garments there is their character. They're wanting to be holy. They're wanting to do right. There's some life. And I think the life in the church is them. And they shall walk, they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. In First Thessalonians, it's stressed in there, especially Second Thessalonians, the fact that we need to walk worthy of the kingdom. And part of that walking worthy is the fact when persecution and suffering come, we will persevere and we will endure those things because we are living for our Lord. We're part of a kingdom. Our, our home is not here on this earth. And so the, the fact here is that through all that, there's kind of a, a siphoning. There's this, do you have genuine faith? There's a sifting as it goes, as they would sift the shaft and throw it up and the wind would blow it away and the the grain would stay. And so we see here that there's this white and you say, well, what's that? What's garments that are white? It says in verse five here, and I believe this is not just for a certain select Christians. This is for all Christians. If you know Christ and you're truly saved, you will overcome. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. That's got to be a wonderful time of confession. I mean, really, I'm not confessing sin, but confessing your name, going through those rolls and seeing the name Nathan Dam. It's been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You may come into my presence. Wow. That's one list. Better make sure you're on. It's through His grace and what He's done. But there's these white raiments. What do the white raiments represent? Well, the white raiments. There's various ideas, but usually the white ra- raiments were were wore were put on when there was festivities going on and celebrations. It will be a wonderful time when we're with our Lord in heaven. What a joyous occasion! When it says there in Thessalonians that we shall meet the Lord in the air, that's a glorious reunion we will have with other believers, the dead in Christ with Christ himself. What a wonderful reunion that will be. It's a time of festivities and celebration, it's a time of victory. When we see Christ, and we will be we will be in these white robes and we will have overcome. This world is not our home. But it's also the idea of purity. Truly, because of Jesus Christ and what he's done, we can have pure garments. It's through him alone. But folks, he he says, uh, Peter says there, since God is holy, we ought to be holy, too. God wants us to be holy in our attitudes and our actions and our words. And when we're not, we need to what? Just like you take a bath, we need to confess it to God, call it what it is and then trust him. He says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So the question is this tonight. Where are you personally at with the Lord? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes a second. A dead church is made up of individuals who do not have the life of the Spirit in them. Though there may be a few, as there was here, that truly are born again, they're redeemed. There may be some here tonight that truly are not redeemed. There's a religious lifestyle full of traditions, liking the nice clothes, liking the hymns, liking certain things, but there's no true spiritual life, no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that describes you and and you say, well, Pastor Nathan, I'm I'm already a church member or Pastor Nathan. You don't you don't understand. I've been in this church for many years. You know what? The Bible says if you don't confess yourself before Jesus, before others, as as a Christian, as truly a convert, he will not confess you before the father. So it's far better to wake up right now. As the Holy Spirit works in your heart, as he gives you the help to turn to him, as he does a work of grace in your heart, it's time for you to put your faith in Christ alone. What about you, Christian? Have you became cold and indifferent? Has your life been full of the, the stains and the things of this world? Are you starting to stink instead of being a sweet aroma to God? How is your heart devotion for the Lord? How is your time with the Lord? Do you love to sing about what he's done? Do you love to share what Christ has done in your heart? We're not talking about perfect Christians. We're talking about redeemed believers who have the life of God in them that want to just please him, want everything about him, want to be just in love with him. That's what God wants. father in heaven this evening lord you know the hearts and uh, lord this no doubt on us on a sunday night many are uh, have made professions many here have assurance of salvation but lord i wonder lord if there's some here tonight that have a false assurance of salvation and truly their heart is dead they have a religious mask but but underneath that mask is is a person that's doing things to try to please you to find favor or doing things to to show off in front of others but truly there's not a genuine faith and so lord i pray that you do a work lord we are told to examine ourselves before you whether we are in the faith so lord do that but at the same time lord help each of us to examine where we're at lord help us to confess sin in our lives sin that you show us any impurities some Things we say or actions or attitudes, whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that we'd confess it right now, Lord. And, Lord, then trust you that we're forgiven, that we, Lord, can get right with others, that we can have a church that is full of love. So, Lord, do your work now, we pray. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Do you want to close? Yeah. Amen. Amen. That
1: was a good message we want to be a living church. And they don't I am thankful for the giftedness of folks that have been a part of our church. And Clinton, thank you. Amen? Amen. 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 Clinton is going to St. Paul, Minneapolis. He has been transferred by his company to work there. Did you want to say anything tonight else? Also, I know Clinton's awful quiet and everything, but Clinton has served here at this church. He's taught Sunday school. He's taken my tools class. He's sang in the choir for all these years. Man, up at the only family, you know, for the last so many years. Oh, certainly,
0: life. certainly, I don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've known, um, Yeah, I've certainly grown up here. I've,
1: I've known uh, some families for my entire time being here. I remember having <laughs> snowball fights at their house and everything else. Oh yes, yes. yeah. And that's,
0: I think we have video evidence. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Kelly was our secretary for four years. Four years. She had the job of trying to figure out what pastors were writing with their handwriting and their spelling and their grammar and all those kinds of things. And she tried for four years to straighten us out. And she didn't accomplish that task. <laughs> All right. Contracts tomorrow on this property. By the way, we signed this past week mm-hmm. a purchase order agreement to sell West Side. That's kids for two, running our Christmas programs and all those things like that, and our children's ministry, aren't we thankful for her? She gets to now help the church there. You know, I always love sending out healthy people who can go and be an extension of West Side Baptist Church, wherever they are. And there's other people that have left, and we don't want to slight anybody that leaves. So understand that tonight we're not slaying other people that have left, but we've had so many right now that are leaving at the same time. We decided to have this celebration uh, of their lives with us, and so make sure you stay around and the fellowship out there, and uh, may you enjoy our time together. Let's share our blessings with one another. Amen. God bless you. You are this